welcome to the Real Appeal Podcast. This is your host, Kelsey Loisel, and I'm also a writer, you know, for yourentertainmentcorner.com. Your Entertainment Corner. <laughs> Those people over there, you know, mm-hmm. I have a new review out with them mm-hmm. for Undergods. Yes. Okay. That was my long ass introduction. And with <laughs> me today is my co host, <laughs> uh, Mark Salcedo. Salcedo, Jesus. <laughs> Mark Celsi. Woo, <laughs> <laughs> that vaccine shot. <laughs> Managing editor and writer at ScreenGeek.net. Mark Celsito. There, I did it. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. You know, I can, t- I know, I already know. Okay. Hmm. I already know because of how you introduced yourself. Okay. But are you out of your mind, Ryan? <laughs> yes. Because I'm Ryan. Yes. You're Ryan? Ryan. <laughs> Good. I was thought you were. Reminds me of this guy I knew named Ryan. He was a nice guy when I knew him, but he was an asshole later on. That's what usually happens to nice people. <laughs> so, let's say about me. You lived your life in reverse. Oh, I started as an asshole and went to be in a nice That's guy. usually what happens to <laughs> assholes who start out that way. They usually mellow out. Shit. <laughs> Can I miss those days? No, you don't. I hate you, Kelsey. Die. <laughs> <laughs> this week, you know, as per our past weeks, mm. you were able to find us on Facebook, <laughs> Twitter, and Instagram at Real Appeal, two E's and Real. And you can email us at gmail.com, uh, at therealpill at gmail.com. Jesus Christ. I didn't even take the fucking vaccine today. I took it on Friday. <laughs> it's, it's been a weird day. <laughs> All right. Um, if you could review us on iTunes, and then we will get noticed. Get them noticed. Get yeah. them noticed. Mm-mm-mm. Climbing the chart. <laughs> Climbing the chart. at iTunes. <laughs> Yeah, speaking of iTunes, <laughs> Bill Gates and his wife are getting divorced. Woo! I know. It's because they don't. It's because they don't have iTunes in their life. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, we have on our show this week the news. Our recent review of Without Remorse. Variety time is traumatic cinema, and our geriatric cinematic is The Hunt for Red October. And what's our topic, Mark? Making your mark with the first impression. <laughs> like I said, it's gonna be a weird episode. I'm. I got. I, you I got, got. You're. You're like loopy tired. I know. Right now. I got the. I got the second vaccine shot this morning, and I maybe because I'm sitting still, not doing anything. It's like I'm finally like. It's catching up. It's, with it's you. catching up to me. Yeah. 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 So what's what's going on in the news? <laughs> okay, so we have some more info. On Arclight, um, the Santa Monica mall owner moves to evict Arclight. Yeah, a little bit of local news. Yep. Um, I mean, they're a chain, and mm-hmm. they're like, it's just kind of more like theater drama, but. Yeah. So, uh, the Santa Monica Place Mall filed a lawsuit. They're trying to evict Arclight Theater for non-payment of rent. <laughs> Mace Ridge, which is a real estate investment trust that owns the mall, uh-huh. 
They served an eviction notice on April 13th, which is, you know, the day after uh, Pacific Theaters announced that it would permanently close all of its 17 locations for Arclight and Pacific. Uh-huh. Okay. The eviction notice gave Pacific seven days to pay $368,841.60 or forfeit the premises. Now, that same real estate investment trust company, uh-huh. they've already sued Pacific on February 25th for breaching its lease at two locations, the Arclight in Santa Monica and the Pacific location in Lakewood. According to the complaint, Pacific did not pay rent for either location since April 2020. Oh, maybe that's why. So, you know, when the chain closed its location because of the pandemic, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it also, the suit also disclosed the Pacific had been underpaying its rent on the Lakewood lease from January to March 2020. Uh, indicating that the location was in trouble before the pandemic hit. Oh, shit. Fucking plot thickens. I know, right? So the suit alleged that Pacific owed $1.9 million in backed rent on the Santa Monica property Uh and $1.5 million on the Lakewood Theater. Um, And Pacific hasn't responded to either suit. So could this be the reason why? I mean, I mean, there must be like there might be a multitude of other reasons, but you think this is like the this could be like a strong possibility of why they're just like we're closing up. Period. Yeah, because they were already struggling before. Fuck. So all right. So Pacific is separately fighting. Yeah. With another group, Oliver McMillan, which is a San Diego developer. Oh, that, that owns McMillan? a theater in downtown Culver City. I know that McMillan. The guy's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Oliver McMillan mm. sued last July, seeking $781,999.62 in delinquent rent. Uh, Pacific's lawyers fought back because of the Culver City rent moratorium and won. Mm. Okay. Oliver McMillan countered, saying that Pacific was going to great lengths to avoid the heart of the dispute. <sighs> um, so the attorneys uh-huh. wrote, defendants signed a lease and guarantee. They have not paid a dime of rent since March 1st, 2020. They owe the rent. Defendants do not question the amount sought or deny that they have withheld rent. Uh, on March 12th, Judge Mitchell Beckloff ruled in you know in favor of Pacific. Yeah. Um, finding that alternate entity OMCC Theater Owner LLC is the true landlord and that Oliver McMillan did not have standing the standing to seize Pacific's assets. And then he later rejected a motion from OMCC to intervene in the case, forcing them to file a new lawsuit. Um, by that point, the unpaid amount reached 2.7 million pacific counter sued on march 23rd claiming Mm. that culver city covid shutdown order triggered a breach of the obligation under the lease to ensure that there are no governmental rules statutes ordinances policies or plans which would uh, materially interfere with the operation of a theater 
Um, and Nora Dashwood, who is the vice president of Pacific Theater, said in a, count, a court de- declaration that she had notified the landlord March 2020 that the company would not be able to pay rent. And she noted that in 40 years in the exhibition business, she had never encountered a situation where government orders forced the closure of all movie theaters. Um, so she said... The impact of these closures was and is devastating to the tenant's business as tenant's operating income at the premises had been reduced to zero. So this theater is not opening up again. That's my understanding. All this money that they owe? It seems like they were living month to month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they seem like they might have expanded too much for what they could withstand. And it's not cheap to rent any property in California. Yeah, let alone like fucking Los Angeles. Exactly. Yeah. So my my guess is they didn't really have a savings. Yeah. Or any like assets really that could save them in a pinch. Yeah, yeah. Um. So they just got fucked. Damn. And I know like a lot of people are like calling for like... The arc like to be safe, especially like the Pacific Theater, the Cinerama Dome and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know if they're like charities are running or anything to try to get the money together or something. But I mean, by the looks of it, it ain't happening. No, I think someone might swoop in and just purchase their lease uh-huh. at a, at the specific location on Hollywood. I'll bet you yeah. they'll swoop in and they will purchase their lease. Yeah, and just let everything else just kind of like yeah. go. Yeah. Okay, I, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, because people, people specifically are, especially like SoCal and Los Angeles and stuff like that, like that area, they specifically want like that, the Cinerama Dome to like stay alive. They yeah. want it like to keep it intact. Exactly. Speaking of which, I got your Mother Day's, I, I purchased your Mother Day's uh, present last night. <laughs> you did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not as cool as like the, your Father's Day's present, but you well, know, I hope you like it. I'm just, you know. I don't think you've gotten me a Mother's Day present before. Well, you never got me a Father's Day present. And here I we know, are. but you know, it was like, because you're a cat dad. Don't tell anybody that. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. That really sucks. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm still hoping that somebody's going to swoop in. Like, I'm seeing, there's a bunch of articles coming out and a bunch of news reports that, like, theaters are going to start opening to, like, a higher capacity now and stuff like that. I, I know the Beverly is reopening, like, June the 1st. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know there's a bunch of other stuff like that's opening up. So, I have a question for you. What's that? Now that we're vaccinated, mm-hmm. after two weeks of it being fully kicked in, yeah, are we going to start going to theaters? I was thinking about that. There was, uh, you know what? I did think about that like a couple of days ago mm-hmm. um, because uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World is in like Dolby Cinema right now, uh-huh. and I heard the sound quality is like amazing oh yeah like absolutely amazing and i was thinking like well maybe we should go check that out because our the theater local to us has adobe theater and and i was like maybe we should go check out scott pilgrim i mean Mm -hmm. we've seen it but like let's go do it let's go do it either that or like i honestly honestly think that we should hold off until like dune comes out you just want to make it special i want to make it like super special i want to be something like oh yes this is why we go to the movies yeah all that shit okay so you know. So the answer is yes. Yes. You just yeah. I just I, I wanted to be special. <laughs> special. <laughs> All right. What else we got in the news? Uh, Marvel 
just whipped out their dick again on the table and was like, hey, remember us? We're badass. Ain't no dick like that Marvel dick. <laughs> <laughs> so Marvel had released uh, a, a video, a sizzle, sizzle reel of what is to come for the next two years. They released the title for Black Panther. Uh, it's called Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Um, they are, st- Kevin Feige has still confirmed that they are not recasting uh, T'Challa. Uh, at the moment, my guess is like if they do recast it, it won't be. It's like way down the line. Yeah, I'm um, sure they have enough. Like what they did with Star Wars with um, Princess Leia. Yeah, yeah. They probably have enough like um, material material that they could reuse or like stuff that they haven't used. Yeah, I that's like, I don't even think they'll do that. I think like if they, I think it will get to a point where like maybe like a number of years will go by and they'll be like, all right. Let's bring in, let's like, like, let's now bring in T'Challa. Let's bring back T'Challa and just kind of give us a reason why he looks differently, you know. Mm. Um, plus, I'm sure they got to find like the right, right person for yeah. that role. Uh, so yeah, uh, Lupita Nyong'o had said that um, uh, director writer uh, Ryan Coogler has in mind is respectful of the loss of Chadwick Boseman. Uh, she elaborated. This just goes on with the whole announcement of Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. Uh, the way which. Uh, sorry, uh, Lupita Nyong'o has said, the way which uh, he has reshaped the second movie is so respectful of the loss we've all experienced as a cast and as a world. So it feels spiritually and emotionally correct to do this. And hopefully what I do look forward to is getting back together and honoring what he started with us and holding his light through it. So still no plot detail, but we got a title and the movie is set to hit theaters July 8th, 2022. Um, and also, we can expect that it's not going to be some bullshit. Oh, I'm based oh, off dude. her comments. It's not going to be any bullshit. Ryan yeah. Coogler has proven himself to be an amazing director, and Marvel knows what the fuck they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd imagine, like, you know, minus a Black Panther, it's still going to be a great fucking movie. Yeah. Um, Captain Marvel two title has been announced. They've actually re- they've actually renamed it. It's called The Marvels. Um, people are speculating, and this makes the most sense. Um, that because it's it's not just gonna be Captain Marvel, it's gonna be Miss Marvel as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Kamala Khan, I've seen they there has been some pictures that's leaked of her costume. It's like co- it's like uh, comic accurate costume now. Mm-hmm. I think Marvel is now like leaning into the whole comic book accurate costume, like especially like with the new Captain America. Because I think they know it makes the fans really fucking excited. Yeah, and you know they had a. I mean, granted, I mean, yeah, there's like Thor, there's Iron Man, there's um, like there's like variations of the how the Spider-Man stuff like that, like how they were kind of like doing these comic actor accurate or somewhat comic accurate costume from the comic books. Yeah. Uh, but like with a real life, real world spin to it. But I think now like they've built up enough clout to be like, all right, let's start. Let's start hitting it now. Let's start showing what we can do. Mm-hmm. Um so that is set to hit theaters November 11th, 2022. God, man, that's right before my birthday i know right um so yeah it's gonna be called the marvels it's directed by nia da casa right now and screenplays by megan mcdonald um they also announced ant-man the wands ant-man and the wasp quantum mania quantum mania um so all the cast is coming back uh michelle pfeiffer michael douglas uh eva even how you say her name eva eva angelina lily thank you 
Mark for saying that. <laughs> uh, I know. I, I was still trying to look for where you were reading. Yeah. It. Uh, Paul Rudd, of course. Uh, now we have a newcomer named Catherine Newton, who's going to play the grown up. Oh, version. her name is Evangeline Lilly. Evan- thank you, Evangeline Lilly. Uh, so Catherine Newton's going to be a, a grown up version of Cassie, which I, I don't, I, I don't know the exact story of why they recast her. I, I actually like the girl that they got, um, but maybe there was something that the original actress wasn't cutting. Hmm. And maybe, maybe, maybe uh, Catherine Newton, they, they might have plans for her as like young Avengers or something like that. Mm-hmm. And of course, Jonathan Majors is still set to appear as uh, Kane the Conqueror. That is coming out February 17th, 2023, right around my birthday. Yeah. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy 3. <laughs> I made a joke on social media. <laughs> I, I made a joke on social media. Like, I mean, it's Guardians of the Galaxy. It's going to be called, it's called volume three. Like, mm-hmm. this is called Volume 3. And I made a joke saying, like, well, what's the name of the title? And somebody was like, well, they're coming volumes. Like, clearly, you missed the fucking joke. Anyway, <laughs> that is set to come out May 5th, 2023. I think the Volume 3 part reminded me of Back to the Future. How do you mean? With the the little chevrons, the ski oh, chevrons. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I got you. <laughs> um, but the big thing that a lot of people are talking about is we got, uh, like, tease of the Eternals. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Eternals, you know, directed by Oscar-winning director Chloe Zhao. Mm-hmm. Oh, how how did you say your name correctly? I know it's not Zhao. It's, it's Zhao. Zhao. Chloe Zhao. Um, uh, that is set to premiere in theaters November 5th this year. So... I remember, like, when this movie got announced, I was like, well, I don't really know what they want with Eternals. I don't know. You know, Chloe Zhao, I've never seen any of her work. You know, even though I hear her work is great. You know, but then we saw Nomadland. Um, Nomadland. Sorry, Nomadland. Uh, one for Best Picture, one for Best Director, Best Actress. You know goddamn well when the ads are coming out, it's going to be directed by Oscar winner just plastic yeah. all over the fucking place. <laughs> you know, Kevin Feige, he's like, yes, got a fucking Oscar winner director here. Yes. You know, I mean, other than like, he couldn't do that for Taco Waititi at the time. Uh, now he can. Yeah. You know, like, you know, Marvel's, Marvel's getting that shit. Um, but they, they show. You know what they should do? Hmm. When they're going to announce someone that that is new mm. that they haven't used before and hasn't won any oscars yeah they should just put like you know directed by future oscar winner <laughs> i know place a war title here or so <laughs> shit like that um yeah but after no lie after seeing that clip or after seeing that sizzle sizzle reel and seeing like the, the little bit of clips of the eternals i'm all for it i'm I think, st- why do you think they timed it that way why do what? I think, oh, this is a real or? Mm-hmm. I have a feeling it has a lot to do with reopening. Probably. Because I, I feel yeah. like because they showed so much footage from stuff we've already seen and to yeah. like, like, remember what we did. Yeah, yeah. And look what's still to come and like, mm. there's still hope for the future. Like, you know, yeah. and how um, people were kind of uncertain even before the pandemic. They were mm. kind of uncertain where Marvel was going to go because of what happened to Iron Man. Oh and yeah, everything yeah, and yeah. how they were like, yeah, we're in the next, next phase, next phase, and everything, yeah. and people are like, I don't know about this, and now it's like, okay, like look, look at what we're and gonna that's do. That's the thing. That's the thing. Every time Marvel has, I don't even say like 
every new phase it's like every new movie that comes out there are doubters out there and that's okay like doubt all you want but like Marvel has, like, proven, like, time and time and time again that, like, they know what the fuck they're doing. Like, they might tweak it a little bit. They're like, that didn't work too well. So we'll kind of, we'll tweak it a bit. Mm -hmm. But, like, you know, they ain't fucking up like DC. DC constantly just fucking up. Definitely. Like, I think my thing with that whole phase thing was, like, like, they're going through changes. Mm -hmm. And I'm keeping up with it as, like, a spectator. But once you put the words out there, like, this phase has ended. Yeah with this character yeah like you're like okay now what like now it's in your head yeah 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 because you're like but if you don't say anything about phases mm-hmm. all i can think about is like like oh they're probably gonna do something awesome next well yeah i mean but it's just like, like that yeah. that finality yeah because like you know robert downey jr is no longer iron man i i know they're going to bring him back in some way in like iron heart like probably like an ai version of of tony stark which is comic accurate and shit like that yeah you know and chris evans like balance he's no longer captain america but there's like speculation that he's gonna come back in some form or fashion which i i have a theory that he might come back you know um wouldn't it be fucked up if mm-hmm. he like came back with uh what's her face peggy carter to be like what the fuck are you doing <laughs> that'd be so messed up <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i mean not 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 even like just like the eternal stuff it just like the sizzle reel alone, just like the click, like he's like Kelsey said, like this stuff we've seen before already, but it's something like it's just it brings that hype up. Like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. remember this, remember this. Like they even even during the sizzle reel, they showed um, reaction for Endgame, you know yeah, that yeah. famous like Avengers Assemble, you know, mm-hmm. and like watching that reminded me when Kelsey and I went to go see Endgame at a press screening and mm-hmm. how the theater was like blew the fuck up like <laughs> and that's funny because those were for folks who don't know you know we go to a press sc- press screening at least half of the people there are from uh press or people in the industry mm-hmm. they, they they might be have like guests there like kelsey was like my guest but they might have like some guests there we, i remember we saw kids there mm-hmm. and those were probably like oh yeah my dad writes for such and such or he works for this studio or whatever mm-hmm. but like there still is like a level of like professionalism there. Yeah. That's like, okay, cool. We got to watch this with like a critical eye. But no, in that room, everybody was a fucking fanboy. <laughs> like this, or fangirl, just whoosh. I remember we were, they were showing that in phases, like in groups too. Mm-hmm. And like we were waiting in line and the group that had just seen it was walking out and we were like trying not to listen. Yeah. We were like <laughs> plugging our ears in, like, now listen, now listen, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you know? um, but yeah, like even, even just seeing that sizzle reel, I'm just like, God damn it i fucking love marvel and it's not like oh i'm like how how dc how dc fans like say like what's it called like marvel tards or whatever they want to marv tards or whatever shit or like oh you just suck at the dick of marvel it's like no they just know how to tell good stories they know how to like tell a good story make it like some cases stop provoking and they know how to like pull on those heartstrings we were just like yeah why am i why am i not gonna like this mm-hmm. you know my mom she she hasn't even watched all the Marvel movies. She, like, sticks to, like, Captain America. She sticks to, like, Iron Man. She sticks to Thor, because now Thor's her man and shit like that. <laughs> but, but, like, I've told her. And my mom's, like, my mom uh, is close to, like, 70 years old. And she just loves watching these movies anyway. I she, told, she would be mad at you for calling her out like that with her, her age. age. I, well, good thing she doesn't listen. <laughs> <laughs> she did once. She was like, that's it. Never need to listen to another episode again. <laughs> um... But I'm 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 talking to myself, Kelsey. What did you What did you think of that sizzle reel? 
I thought it was great. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, like I kind of already alluded to it. Like, you know, they showed us things they did in the past. Mm-hmm. And then like, okay, now this is what we're going to do. Yeah. And and they showed all this stuff. And like, um, it sucks for, for me, it kind of sucks that they didn't have trailers, like little trailer snippets for everything. Yeah. But um, what they did mm-hmm. have, I was like pretty stoked for yeah yeah except i don't know why i really don't care about black widow i do like i really don't like i want to see what they do and hopefully they win me over because i'm just kind of i've always been kind of met on her Mm. because they haven't grown her almost at all she's been the same fucking badass she's always been Mm, okay and she's always been like a support character to me i get you i get you so Um, i I just don't know because i I like unless you make her really important yeah the only the only time i really liked her was in um endgame yeah endgame because they really brought a level of like yeah yeah yeah. um what's it called like relatability yeah like nuance and stuff like that yeah yeah honestly i would imagine that this black widow movie that's coming out um on disney plus i i would imagine that this one it's gonna. I, I think it's gonna win you over. I mean, it's, like I said, it's Marvel. They tend to win people over. Yeah. And if they Except don't, for that first Thor movie. Oof. Like I said, they had a few missteps. <laughs> they had a few missteps, but it ain't no fucking DC. Mm. <laughs> uh, what else? Oh, and then like the thing that that I, it was it was nothing new. Mm. It was nothing fantastic, but it was fucking fantastic to me. It was fucking fantastic four yeah I saw, but it was so funny because they put it there and they took it away pretty quick like yeah yeah they're just like don't focus on that it was almost like they're like yeah see it's coming but don't focus on that like they almost yeah. want you to forget it because i think they want to blindside you with it when it comes yeah well i'm like the, like the stuff they show is like phase four stuff so yeah. i mean and this is like stuff that's going to be coming out in the next couple of years mm-hmm. so the cool thing is like in the next couple of years we're we might get a fan we like at the very end we will probably get a Fantastic Four movie. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm not a huge, huge, huge Fantastic Four fan, but I do like the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. And I, they never got a proper movie put together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, seeing the Fantastic Four, it's like, it's like, it's one step away mm-hmm. from bringing in the X-Men. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, bringing the X-Men? That's the one I'm gonna, <laughs> that's the one I'm gonna, like, really lose my shit on because I, I love X-Men. Yeah. Um, you know, so. It's going to be great. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What do we got next? Uh, Next, we are going to do our review, our recent review of Without Remorse. What we know, Senior Chief Kelly is the third member to be attacked. Three perps are dead. Also killed was his wife. They better hope he doesn't survive. Why is that? He is more dangerous and effective than any man we have in the field. He took everything from me. These were foreign attacks on U.S. soil. We have to respond. I'm going to make it right. There's something inside of me that I can't turn off. 
a part of me that won't stop for anything. No remorse. This film just came out, and the synopsis is John Clark, a Navy SEAL, goes on a path to avenge his wife's murder, only to find himself inside of a larger conspiracy. Directed by uh, Stefano Salima, written by Taylor Sheridan, Will Staples, um, they both the the screenplay and the story, and then it's based off a Tom Clancy novel. It stars Michael B. Jordan, Jodie Turner-Smith, Jamie Bell, Guy Pearce, and Lauren London. Mm-hmm. 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 Also, you know, for mm-hmm. those of you who don't know, mm-hmm. Lauren London was Nipsey Hussle's wife. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it looks like she's starting to get back into, getting you know, the acting world. Yeah, and just you know, kind of getting back to some kind of semblance of normalcy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plus, she's fucking hot. Oh gosh, she is. Anyway, well, that's not we're here. We're not here to talk about that. <laughs> I don't care. You know, she's hot. I gotta say it. Ah. Ah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, Kelsey. Mark. Oh, shit. I saw something funny. What did you think of this movie? <laughs> um, I don't like this movie. I did not really care for it either. Um, why did you not like this movie? I, w- I want you to take the lead on this one. Okay. There's a few reasons why I don't like the movie. Both in in how the film is made up, like all the little moving parts, but also in what I know it could have been with who they've used. Like mm-hmm. the, the lost opportunity, right? Yeah. I don't like action movies that are just action to be fucking action. Mm-hmm. Unless they're from the 80s and 90s or, you know, earlier. Yeah. Because at least those give you some form of entertainment. Mm-hmm. This film was action for the sake of being badass action. And then there was, like, mm-hmm. not a lot of substance. And whatever they could muster didn't really make sense. Yeah. Um, And I'm not saying, like, it didn't make sense, like, you couldn't follow it. I'm mm-hmm. saying it didn't make sense, like, that made no fucking sense. Why did they write it like that? Yeah, yeah, I get you, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of that in this movie. You can tell, like, this movie is a straight up, like, franchise builder. Um, like how the how the Jack Ryan films are. Mm-hmm. You know, um, what's the what's the cat's name in this? What's his name? Uh, John Kelly. Okay. So, yeah, you, this, I mean, this movie is actually like a spinoff of the Jack Ryan novels. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like I said, you got an idea, like, they were wanting to build a franchise with it. And they, I think they got, they got the... They got a great person to play this John Kelly character, Michael B. Jordan. Mm-hmm. You know, he even, like, fits that physicality a little too much. Like, holy shit, the dude is huge. Mm. Like, ginormous. What would you say about leg day? <laughs> oh, he wants to skip leg day. <laughs> um, however, yeah, it's like it's like this dumb action film that, like, it doesn't really make an effort to make sense of a lot of the stuff. Um, it tries, like, I, I honestly see this as like a fucking Marine recruit film, recruit film or some shit like that. You know, join the Marines and be like a badass individual, like just John Kelly. You said Marine and it made me think of the Marine. Oh, with fucking John Cena. Yeah. Which probably was more entertaining than this one. (laughs) Now see that one, I've seen some of that. That is like dumb. That's like really, really dumb action because it knew, it knew what it wanted. Yeah. Right. This one tried to be a little too smart, and the thing that s- sucked is like, like, like a lot of the talents wasted. 
like Michael B. Jordan, you could, you could say he's great in here. Mm-hmm. Jodie Turner Smith, I really loved her. She's um, she played Queen and Queen and Slim. Mm-hmm. Uh, even Guy Pierce, I love seeing Guy Pierce in anything. Mm-hmm. However, however, you can figure out the twist and the villain within the first what twenty minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. You're just like. All right, I, I saw who that's coming. Where, like, as in, let's say, for example, you know, the hunt for right October, it took a little bit of, it took a little bit to kind of be like, oh, there, here comes a twist, and yeah. it, and it's still kind of like, oh shit, yeah, it's an entertaining twist and it's good. But this one, like, there's like a lot of like choices that some of the characters make mm-hmm. that I'm just like, wait, like, one character. One character is helping another one. You know, we'll get into spoilers, obviously, but we'll get one character says something about one. Sorry, one character helps another character, mm-hmm. and then within five to ten minutes later, that character is almost doing everything they can to make sure to like impede that character's mission. Mm-hmm. Like, what what happened to like your friendship? Or what happened <laughs> there? It was like so dumb. Yeah. Um, and like, there's not. I, they're trying to. They try to make this like a very emotional story. You know, the fact that uh, uh, this. Sh- is it John Clark? Oh, the IMDb has a different. In the IMDb, it says John Clark, but in the in the in the casting, it says John Kelly. But it's John Kelly. Okay, all right. <laughs> I was like, damn, IMDb. Well, IMDb always fucks up anyway. Oh, you know what it is? Hmm. There's a reason for that, and I'll tell you in the spoilers. Okay, okay. So yeah, like we're supposed to have like this emotional connection with John Kelly, like losing his wife and everything like that. I didn't really care because like we didn't even spend that much time like with their relationship. We got it. She's pregnant. That's his wife. That's it. Mm-hmm. She's almost um she almost becomes like the woman in the fridge kind of thing. Have you ever heard that term? No. So what happened was that there's this in the comic book Green Arrow. I think it's Green Arrow on this old comic book. Uh Green Arrow is like looking for like his girlfriend's kidnapped. Right, and uh, Oliver Queen. He's looking for his girlfriend. His girlfriend's kidnapped. He tries to find his girlfriend, and he finds out his girlfriend's been dead. Right, but like her death is what propelled his emotional like journey. Yeah, but it was so fucked up because he finds out he's she's dead, and she's her body's literally thrown in a fridge in a dumpster. Uh huh. And it's just like it's called like the whole like lady in the fridge like setting, where. A female's death is the female's importance in the movie is only important as her death to propel the character's emotional like push, mm-hmm. which I got a, I got a little bit of that in this movie. That, that's all it was yeah. for her. It really was. Yeah, I mean, I know they try to fix it along the way, but at the I was just like, I, I didn't I didn't care enough. No, that was my one of my other issues. Mm-hmm. What I was saying when I was saying that there are a few things I don't like about it was definitely because they yeah. have really good actors in here Mm -hmm. and they throw them away basically yeah yeah exactly like michael b jordan is very good at playing like angst and Mm -hmm. like feeling unhappy if you've ever seen him in creed yeah or creed 2 like he's really good at playing that role but you can't have a character that their only existence is that Yeah, yeah yeah um they have one character who's like really fucking angry and hard to work with all the fucking time. It's annoying. Mm. Um, and you know, for me, it became really obvious why they did that. And mm. I'm not going to say it right now, but I'll tell you in spoilers. Um, what else? Um, 
they just it just was really unoriginal mm. like super fucking unoriginal yeah um like I, like I'm not angry at it because I've already forgotten half of it. Yeah, like last last week we were talking about Mortal Kombat, and you you like you had a hard time like remembering the movie, mm-hmm. and not because like it's not it's not like you weren't paying attention. You like whenever we watch movies, we always pay attention. Mm-hmm. But you had said that like the movie the movie was so bad, I like already was forgetting it. Mm-hmm. Same thing with for me with this movie. Mm-hmm. It was so bad, I was just like. Wait, Wait, what? I know. This movie's over? <laughs> Shit. Okay. I guess that's it. <laughs> <laughs> like a firework that is a dud. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there anything that you can say? Anything that you can say that, that you might have liked about this movie? I like that they gave Jodie Turner Smith the role that they gave her. Mm-hmm. She wasn't as poorly written as the other characters yeah um and it's really nice to see like a like a woman and a woman of color in a in a role of authority yeah like that um and her not being like she's not very stereotypically like strong black woman Uh, there's something different about her like she's not i'm sure you can name a few other black actresses that are like in their 40s and 50s that always play like the fbi agents and shit Mm. she's not that she's not like that Mm. there's like a level of realism to her where they have a nuance where she has more human emotion to her that i like yeah um yeah i'll agree with you with that like some but like her performance was okay so her performance was good but like i felt I almost felt like the she wasn't given proper direction to like really like because I'm comparing her I'm comparing her from a performance in Queen and Slim mm-hmm. where she had like nuance she had emotion she had like a level of love for like the uh, Daniel Kaluuya character and mm-hmm. stuff like that and in this one I'm not expecting like that that level of performance but. I'm expecting, I was feeling like, because there was like a relationship between her and Michael B. Jordan, like this cold, like brothers in arms kind of relationship. Mm-hmm. But it felt, I don't know, like almost one sided in a mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Like there was, a, there was one scene where they were kind of playing around. Mm-hmm. But like, it, it, it was like the, the them going off each other was so stiff that when it was playing around, it was like kind of like totally unbelievable yeah. that they would act like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, she didn't have as much nuance with this character, but honestly, she wasn't one of the main. She wasn't like super main like she was as queen. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not expecting her to be like. I'm not expecting like half the movie to be focused on yeah, her, yeah. but like, I if her, if her character is gonna get shot on the field, I want to care for it. Mm-hmm. I want to care for. I want to see. I want to have an emotional reaction if she's put in danger. Mm-hmm. You know, where there's like all these like other characters that show up later on. Mm-hmm. That like you're supposed to have an emotional connection to, and I was just like, "Wait, which one of them die? I don't know who who is this dude, Thunder or whatever. Yeah, like they like their code names and shit. Hatchet died. All right, Hatchet's dead. <laughs> you know, and they were supposed to have like some emotional punch to it. And it's just like, eh, you know. Yeah, that's the the whole crux of the movie. Is, eh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, I kept wanting to reach for like. 
a microphone right here for some reason. Okay. You know, like like if I was having a gaming headset on and uh, it moves. Yeah. I don't know why. I'm like, I don't know. I'm weird today. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So is there is there anything else you want to talk about before we get into the spoiler section? No. No. All right. Let's just get that bullshit over with. Yeah, let's get this bullshit over with. Let's talk, let's talk about a couple of things we really want to talk about. Um, so, yeah, we're going to get into the spoiler section right now. This is, you know, we go in great lengths in the movie, blah, 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 all that shit. Um, all that shit. <laughs> all that shit. <laughs> so, uh, so for those who have not seen uh, Without Remorse, uh, here's your spoiler bumper right about now. I just like how you were like, what the fuck are you doing with your hands? Who, you? Yeah, because I was oh, always yeah, yeah. dance or whatever when that yeah. song plays because it's catchy. <laughs> and I was just doing weird shit with my hands. Like how you always do. Mm-hmm. Whenever. Ever and ever. Ever and All ever. All right. So what? Let's go ahead. Just unleash hell on this shit. Go ahead. <sighs> okay. I like Michael B. Jordan. I I'm tired of seeing him in angsty roles. He really is an annoying fucking teenager every time he plays a <laughs> Dude, role where Jesus. he's like upset about something. Mm. He plays it well emotionally on his face, mm. but he hold his, I don't know if it's how he's acting or how he's written, but it, like how he was also in Creed. Mm. I just feel like he holds on to the anger for so goddamn long that I lose interest. I get what you're saying, yeah, yeah, because like, like I, I, like I don't know, I don't know. I feel like Michael B. Jordan turns to one of those actors who is kind of like it's it's weird. He's almost kind of like doing like this Denzel Washington route with like, with his career, and so it's almost like Michael B. Jordan playing Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, that and like because I've heard a lot of people actually I've actually I've actually heard people compare Michael B. Jordan's like. Um, acting too doesn't watch it, but like Denzel Washington now, where he's just kind of like in stuff. Oh, and you're just like, and the, there's they're like him just kind of being the same, you know, it's Denzel being Denzel, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, there are some exceptions that's like great, like for example, like Fences and stuff like that, you mm-hmm. know, for Denzel Washington. Um, but Michael B. Jordan's kind of doing that thing where like where Denzel Washington was doing like a series of like these like really like tone dumb level Tony Scott action films like deja vu and like uh man on fire and oh man on fire i liked though i know but it's like that level of just like action being a badass stuff like like the uh the um god what's that movie he just did where the queen latifah has a show uh with the character i can't the the name is escaping me right now but it's like that level of action just like just action boom 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 blah 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 and then like here's like let's try to make serious Let's try to make a serious stance on something. Like mm-hmm. this movie kind of like talks about um like the military industrial complex, mm-hmm. but it does it like in a, as an afterthought. Mm-hmm. Like especially like with the reveal of Guy Pierce being the villain and like why like what was going on with this conspiracy and shit. Yeah. You know, it was like I don't know, it was just like like if they had like had like sprinkled that out throughout the movie mm-hmm. in a better way, I think yeah. it would have much made it more intriguing and much more entertaining. Like how uh, previous um, 
uh, Tom Clancy films are. And I'm not saying like some of some of all fears or like that Jack Ryan film that mm-hmm. came out with uh, Tom Cruise. No, 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 no. No, it wasn't Tom Cruise. It was Chris um, fucking Shatner. Not Shatner. <laughs> Captain Kirk. What? I just fucking forgetting name. <laughs> William Shatner. Yeah, yeah. No, but the the actor he was in he was in Wonder Woman 1984 as oh. fucking Steve Trevor. Oh, that guy. His name was Chris. Yeah, he's one of the he's one of the Chris's. Uh, I'm forgetting his name, and I'm having to look it up. <laughs> not Hemsworth. Not Pratt. <laughs> <laughs> he's the one that no one cares about. Yeah, he's the, he's the, like the least favorite Chris, but he's not the most hated one. What the fuck's that dude's name? <laughs> Uh, I'm looking up Wonder Woman to see if I can find him in the billing. Pine. Chris motherfucking Pine. And you know what I was going to say? Greenwood. Because I'm Who thinking of... Who the fuck is that? <laughs> no. Because of Pine. Like you think... Oh, sh- God. <laughs> That's how broken my brain is right now. Chris Lumber. Chris Redwood. <laughs> Chris Oak. Chris Evergreen. Chris Evergreen. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, anyway, yeah, because like, yeah, like these Tom Clancy films, like, granted, Tom Clancy was in no way like a military person. He just knew how to write like good, like intriguing stories and shit like that. This level does this movie doesn't have like a level of intrigue or anything like that. And I've never read like the John Kelly books or anything like these spinoff books. Mm-hmm. But I have an idea of a Jack Ryan film. You know, even like the Jack Ryan uh, TV show with John Krasinski. Krasinski. Krasinski, thank you. That has like action, but like espionage, but like it fits well within stuff like that, right? Mm -hmm. This one does the espionage part as a fucking afterthought. Mm. And it's like dumb action, dumb action, boring. Here's supposed to be emotional. And then dumb action, dumb action. And then like, oh, conspiracy theory. Um, All right. The end. Credits. (laughs) Um, yeah, I, yeah. You, I wanted him to fucking die. Who, uh, Michael B. Jordan's character? Yes. I, you know what? They actually played it like he was going to die. Uh-huh. Like this kind of emotional thing. But And I honestly think that would have been better. Because, mm. like, obviously he has nothing to live for. I and th- he say, and it would make his, de- his death would have been meaningful. Because he would have died mm-hmm. saving people who were going to help save the country. I think it would have been better if, like, they left you thinking that he died, and then at the last, like, five minutes, then it's like, oh, shit, he's not dead. Mm-hmm. You know, where, like, because... Because <laughs> they made him oh, look like he was going to die. Mm-hmm. Like, he died, and then 30 seconds later, oh, he's not dead, he's in the rearview mirror. Yeah, that, yeah, that part was so stupid how, like, how, like, um... The, the big gunfight scene, the climactic battle, yeah. when they're, like, overseas. Um, and then, like, how, like, the shit blows up and everything. He, like, blows up his grenade, and you're like, oh, he's probably dead. But apparently he had, he, he, he had been shot, bruised, and, like, broken, like, thrown all over the place. Yet he still had, like, the strength and will to, like, put on another person's, like, uh, like, military. Uniform. Yeah, uniform. And how did he get, like, the, because, like. Because like I said, Michael B. Jordan is jacked in this movie. Most of the guys in this movie are not as big as him. You and know? that thing was huge on him. And Those pants was, exactly, were really baggy. Exactly. It was just like, like, <laughs> if, like if I saw him, if, I, if he did that, if I saw him wearing that, but in, in, like real, in reality, he'd be wearing something a size that's three sizes, um, I don't know if it's three sizes too small, I'd have been like, yo, that's the guy. He's like bulging out of that fucking costume, <laughs> yeah. you know? 
Um, so that part, I was just like, this is stupid. Like, yeah. that, that's when I was like, this is fucking dumb. And not like in a dumb, entertaining way. Just, this is fucking just dumb. dumb. Um, they made it very easy to also catch on to who the villain was. Yeah, 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 exactly. Because, uh, what's his name? Guy Pierce? No, no, the other guy, the angry fuck. Oh, Jamie Bell? Yeah. Yeah. I hated him. He was annoying. There was no fucking point for him to be there other than as a like a distraction exactly yeah like look over here he's probably the bad guy yeah no he's not (laughs) it's like where did you get your play from the 1960s yeah i mean like it's not clever anymore like people know if you're gonna make someone overly angry that's not the guy yeah yeah you make it too obvious then you make it obvious that that's not the person (laughs) yeah exactly uh, um, so then yeah. it's like, okay, it's probably Guy Pierce because I'm like, what? he's saying yes to every fucking stupid idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, like, if you think about it, like, as in like, whether like the people who were, who were in the movie, uh, like cast, like the characters, you're like, oh, is this character, this character, this character, this character, you know, you like, you see the list of characters right in your head mm-hmm. and you're like, all right, well, this is not, it's, it's, it, 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 it does the process of elimination for you mm-hmm. because you're just like, well, clearly Guy Pierce is the bad guy because it's obviously not Jamie Bell and it obviously not be Michael, Michael B. Jordan. And it would be a bullshit move if it would be, um, what's her name? Uh, uh, uh Jodie Turner Smith. And it's nobody low ranking. So who's and, and also it couldn't be the the female who was like the secretary of defense or some shit. Yeah, because yeah, we show- hadn't even fucking met her. I know she's in she's in that scene for like thirty seconds. Yeah, so clearly it's not going to be her, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's why you're just like, yeah, it's clearly going to be Guy Pierce. And what what the fuck it was clearly fucking Guy Pierce. Besides, Guy Pierce has been playing villains a, a lot lately. Mm-hmm. So like it's kind of like dude, kind of being typecast now. Yeah, exactly. Like, you need to stop that. Like he's <laughs> like he's in this show that I'm watching called um, Mayor of Easttown, mm-hmm. and like I'm thinking he's probably the villain now. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. I know. Okay. Okay. Well, how about this? Since since we're kind of just harkening on just like it's just a like dumb action. Is harping. There, harping. Thank you. Harping on this just the action. Is there anything of the action that you at least enjoyed? Um, is there any of the action I enjoyed? You know what? I can't remember it. I'm going to be honest. I'm sure there are times where the action was actually not that bad. Mm -hmm. But because they were expecting that to kind of carry the film, Mm -hmm. it already killed it for me. So, like, it just takes any any amount of importance that it might have had completely away. Yeah, yeah. I so yeah, so like I don't remember any of the action. I think okay. For like for me for the action, I would probably say maybe like the last like gunfight. That was like kind of cool. Mm. But that's it. Like if there was any tension in it, it was not well put together. Mm. Um and like I said there's like there's like a couple of characters that get shot that get introduced like halfway into the movie, which is always like a bad idea when you're making us when you're writing a script, introducing a new character halfway into the movie because you're like, who is this? Why should I care whatsoever? Mm-hmm. Um, and like one of the character dies, like, and that's the thing. Like when his death ha- comes, I'm just like, which one was that one? I don't know. Like I can't even think. I, I don't know if it, if it was Thunder or Hatchet or whatever. Like I can't remember which one who actually did die. 
and it almost doesn't matter right like Mm. the thing about the military movies that bothers me is no one has correctly figured out how to make big muscular macho men look different from each other Mm, yeah yeah you know what i mean and like they all act and kind of look the same they're always scruffy and dirty and like Mm. so how do you differentiate one character from another Oh, shit. Okay, so I'm on the IMDb page, right? Okay, I'm on the IMDb page for the trivia section uh-huh. for Without Remorse. Um, this is what it said, and I thought this was hilarious. The plot has nothing to do with the novel, with the exception that John Clark was a Navy SEAL. Well, that explains a lot. <laughs> the because, the- you know, if it was actually, like, how can they say it's based off Tom Clancy novel? If they really stuck to the book, I'll mm. bet you it would have been a thousand times fucking better. Okay, this is what the book was. The catalyst in the book is that Clark secretly goes after the drug lords that killed his girlfriend while at the same time helping the government rescue POWs. That's I think that's a little bit more interesting. It is a little more interesting, but I, th- I think it kind of suffers from mm. Hollywood being super fucking white. Mm-hmm. Like... You know those those white people who are like, mm. no, I don't want to do this story, even though it's probably better because it stereotypes you. I yeah. want to put you in a white person role, mm. so to you know, prove that black people could be you know as good as white actors, and then totally fuck it up because you really have no driving force in this film. Yeah, 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 and I and I would I. And I wouldn't be surprised, like the I wouldn't be surprised if the ch- the decision behind Amazon Studios to like change like the plot of this was to be like, well, we don't want to come off as like minorities or like drug lords because when some people think of drug lords, they they kind of go in the minority route automatically. Mm-hmm. I mean, not to say like that that's always the case. I mean, there are plenty of white drug lords and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but people. But the even the fact that you're a black guy even associated with the world of drugs. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Um, so apparently, this book had been. In adaptation like hell since, damn, development since the 90s. At one point in 94, it was going to, Keanu Reeves was offered a role as John Clark. Uh, later, uh, it, w- it was it would have went to Lawrence Fishburne and Gary Sinise. Chris McCrory, um originally was going to do it for Paramount with Tom Hardy as John Clark and Kevin Costner as the mentor. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, but it went to Michael B. Jordan. Now we got this, you know. Honestly, I don't think it's bad how they they did mm. it. Like how they had him as a seal, and then like mm. his wife was killed. I don't think that was a bad idea. Mm. They just didn't do it right. Yeah, they just didn't do it right. Like they they. I, I would not be surprised if this mo- if Amazon was like, yeah, we're just not going to do a sequel to this because it's it's set up for a sequel for a franchise. Like they even introduce, they even do the 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 most stereotypical Hollywood trope of here's a mysterious man and all we know about him is his ring. Yeah, that's it. Like, come on, dude, what the fuck? Oh, so remember you said that IMDb has him as John Clark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's because that's the name that was given to him after he died. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Because, like, his character's name is John Kelly. He even makes a joke like, oh, totally original, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. 
So yeah, I mean, that this movie was not good, and I feel bad for Michael B. Jordan because I'm just like, dude, you, you, you need to correct this really fucking. I mean, who, of course, who, who am I to tell him that he needs to like change his trajectory in his career? Because like he's doing good, like producing stuff right now. Like even like, so maybe he just doesn't really care about acting that much. No, I like there are some like they, I, you know, it's fine. I was just thinking about this like earlier today, or I think I was thinking about like today. I was thinking about um. This is going to kind of going off, but it's, I'll bring it back. I was thinking about Jack Black, mm-hmm. right? Jack Black started off as a musician, uh, Tenacious D, mm-hmm. um, and he got into like some comedy, and he, he he even was like leading man and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. And he got to a point, and trust me, he didn't have the looks or anything like that that would be considered leading man. His acting skills is not like phenomenal or anything like that. He kind of has like a type of like acting where he's like the wild card all the Nacho time. Nacho Libre. Yeah, 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 right? <laughs> Okay, but, like, I remember reading an article that he said, like, he just retired acting. He's just like, I'm done acting, right? So I started thinking about, like, you know, what are these actors, what do they do when they retire? Some of them retire super-duper early. Um, some of them don't, they don't act for the rest of their life. They go until, like, they're in their 40s, 50s, and then be like, I'm done. Even younger than that. Yeah. Um, because they get into other business ventures. They're uh, like, yeah. I have suitable uh, income through... Uh, this royalties basic, royalties to like alcohol to um real uh realty and stuff like that mm-hmm. right or in michael b jordan's case production he has like his own production right um and i feel like he's just kind of a guy who's just like oh i want to like take a role if it like interests me enough or maybe like the bills need to be paid i want to get like that extra cash mm-hmm. you know like for example like like his his role as killmonger and Black Panther. Another angry person. Yeah, but but he played very well mm-hmm. and like made a lot of sense, you know. Yeah. This one, this is re- without remorse, it's like so far away from it, you know, from that level of like performance. You can tell that he was just like, well, let me see if I make this in the franchise, and if not, whatever, I'm gonna do something else. And he's like, he comes up with one of those actors who's like, he doesn't strive to get an Oscar, you know, he doesn't strive to get like huge awards. I mean, he probably, I'm, like, I don't know his mindset. But the way how he's going is just like, always oh, want to do in this movie. If it's successful, cool. If not, whatever. Ain't, ain't no sweat. Yeah. So, yeah. That's my little that, that's what I, that, I mean, that's what I was thinking, too. Mm-hmm. He's just, I don't feel like the heart of, like, an actor is there. Yeah, yeah. But he definitely comes across as a creator of some sort. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, production-wise, I bet you he's a fucking badass at that. I bet you he really comes mm-hmm. out with like a lot of good shit yeah yeah with his name on it and shit and mm-hmm. especially if it's like something that he really cares about like like that movie um where we reviewed it with just just mercy oh yeah you can tell that was like a passion project it was a uh, bad movie though yeah but you can tell he was happy to get off the ground because it's kind of hard for like you know in some cases in hollywood i mean despite like some strives and like in Hollywood with, like, black people and minorities and, like, getting stuff produced, mm-hmm. it can still be fucking hard. You can have an Oscar-winning fucking script and studio be like, no, because what do minorities have to tell? Like, like yeah. there, there was, like, an article that, tangent, there was an article that came out last week that Hollywood is losing nine, if I remember correctly, nine billion dollars because... They don't want to put minorities in their movie, or they oh, don't yeah. want to give them like franchises and shit like that. Mm-hmm. You know, even though it's been proven repeatedly that like a multicultural group is can make a successful movie. Um, Crazy Rich Agents, 
or the Fast and Furious franchise. Mm-hmm. That's a clear example. But I'm going to get off my fucking soapbox. No, but not just that. Hmm. I don't know if it's just me. Mm. I feel like minorities are better at emoting than white people. Not always, but like... No, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. They have a reason for it, too. But I mean, like, hello, wouldn't you want some some more emotion in your fucking films? Yeah, we can do, like, a whole, like, hour episode just, like, talking about this. (laughs) Like, no fucking lie. You can take a whole hour talking about this, but unfortunately we can't. No. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I I should say pass on this movie. Yeah, just don't. Don't. Just don't. Poo-poo. (laughs) <laughs> All right. Let's do our variety time. Yeah, we are going to talk about films that traumatized us when we were kids. Mm-hmm. Traumatic cinema. Traumatic cinema. You know, it might not always be shit that other people find uh, traumatizing. traumatizing. Yeah. Um, I know the first thing you asked me about, you're like, well, did, did anything ever traumatize you as a kid? You know, was in, in movies? And mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, Freddy did. But you're like, come on, that was too easy. Yeah, that scares everybody. <laughs> Till I was 13 and then I watched it again. And no, I was 12. <laughs> and I watched it again and I was cracking up. It was hilarious. Because you finally got it. <laughs> um, okay, so I'll, I'll go first um, with this one. Um, so, yeah, I've said repeatedly over and over that I've watched like a ton of movies as a kid that I should not have been watching mm-hmm. at all. Um, so one of the movies that traumatized the living shit out of me was Terminator 2. Mm-hmm. Okay, and there's one specific part. Um there was a scene, it's at the beginning of the movie, where fucking, uh, like, we see the future, fucking the, the Skynet, the, the robots are just, like, shooting everybody, just do 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 all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And when I saw this movie, it was 91, so I had to be about seven, I think, when I saw this movie. My mom took me to the theater to watch this, because uh. she wanted to go see it, and she was not going to leave me alone. So she took me along, and we were watching it, and I was just like, I started crying, because it was so <laughs> fucking horrifying, right? And like when you rewatch it now, you're just like, oh, this is a cool action scene. But as like a seven-year-old kid, you see people like blow up and like being shot. <laughs> and then like there's that scene where like you see all the fire and like the T-800s like in the fire, and the camera's like, oh, shit, yeah. Coming close. It's like, dun, 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 dun. And I remember I got to the point where I was pleading with my mom. <laughs> And I had, I was, and at that time they had re-released 101 Dalmatians in the theaters. Uh, and I was like, Mama, please, please, can I, can I leave? I'll go, can I go watch 101 Dalmatians? I'll be good, please, please. And she was like, no, you're going to sit here, you're going to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember for the, dura- for, I think for the, I think for a little while, I just kept my eyes closed and I was thinking, let me try to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And of course I couldn't go, I couldn't go to sleep. You know what's funny? Hmm. That moment right there made me think of Behind the Bastards. Okay. And you know how, like, in in their episodes, like, the people from history had something in their past that was really fucked up? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And, like, set them on their path? Yeah, yeah. And that could have been the thing for you. Probably. 
It could have. Probably. I'm going to invent Skynet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What's your traumatizing movie? I remember watching Duel. Uh Uh-huh. The Steven Spielberg film, right? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't remember much of that film. Mm -hmm. I kind of feel like it was always at night. Mm Mm-hmm. And, like, it was, like, this big fucking big rig, like, truck. Mm. And for some reason, I thought that it wasn't being driven by anybody. But I know, like, from reading the plot, it was. But, like, in my mind, the truck had, like, a mind of its own. And, like, I already have, like, this weird fear of, like, machinery. Mm. Um, which makes me think that it was amazing that I went to um, family day at my dad's work when I was 10. <laughs> okay. Because he worked at a blade factory. <laughs> yeah. And like this whole, this movie, it's kind of like, isn't this kind of like the the, um, the start of like your kind of fear of like giant machines? No, it's not. Oh, okay. Because my mom told me repeatedly the same story about when I was a baby, even when it was fucking hot outside. Yeah. They couldn't run the fan or I wouldn't fall asleep. just the fan being on like i was terrified of vacuum cleaners loud cars like even going to um like warship museums Mm -hmm. i'm cool with the ships but once you get me like inside of the big turrets yeah mm -mm. like like i'll go in there and it's cool but i'm really uneasy about it really okay okay yeah so i don't know it's kind of weird is there anything in particular that, like, scared the shit out of you that you can think of from, like, Duel? Or was it just, like, the I whole... think it was just the black fucking truck. Yeah. That, that and ju- it was just, like, it, like, always seemed to know where the guy was. And, yeah, like, yeah. would creep up on him and shit. Or I think it's there like, was It's like hiding his... around the corner, like, is he there? Is he there? Yeah. <laughs> or, like, I think there was one time where, like, you couldn't tell it was out there at all. Like, you couldn't uh, see it. But then all of a sudden, its headlights came on. Mm. No, like, no. Nope. Yeah, because like that truck, I, I remember seeing that movie like uh, on TV. Like, um, I think that was a cat. Um, I remember seeing that truck like years ago um, as a kid, and even I thought I was like, that truck looks fucking scary as shit. Yes. Um, there was something I read. Uh, I lost it. I just, I just had it right on my screen too. Um, that like. In, on the truck, there's like a, a number of like different license plates on the truck, mm-hmm. and Steven Spielberg has said like this like tells you that this dude is a fucking serial killer, and those license plates are from like trucks. Oh, here it is. Steven Spielberg said that multiple license plates on the front bumper of the truck suggest that the truck driver is a serial killer, which ran down other drivers in other states. Mm. Um. So yeah, it was. That yeah, that one was pretty scary for me. <laughs> I need, I need to, we need to rewatch. I'm sure if I'm sure if we like if you watch it, you'd be like, "Oh, this ain't that scary." <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. Now I think it's just you know. Yeah. Um, so another movie that scared the shit out of me that traumatized me as a kid was Fire in the Sky. Mm-hmm. You ever heard of this movie? No. Okay, so this movie, I don't know if it was a box office hit, but I, um, when I was, my mom would go to work and she would have to leave me at a daycare. And um, this lady, her name was Dolores, sweet lady, very sweet lady. She took care of like me and a bunch of other kids too. So she had a, she had her own. I don't know if they really have those now, but you know, like the daycare centers that were like essentially in a house. Oh yeah, they have those all over the place yeah. still. Um, she would actually take us to go watch movies in the theater, like uh, during the summer 
because you know just because the kids are out during the summer doesn't mean the parents are out so i would stay at her place in the summer um so i remember she took us to go watch this movie because mm-hmm. she was like oh it's aliens that's interesting you know <laughs> and i mean if you watch this movie this is definitely not a movie for fucking kids at all so the story of fire in the sky it's like a true life it's, it's a oh that's why she took it because it was pg-13 it's a it's a biography of this guy who gets kidnapped in this who gets kidnapped in 1975 oh is that that true story about the guy in the woods yeah and he gets abducted by aliens yeah like everybody else was able to drive off but he got abducted yeah yeah him. and then he came back all weird exactly so that so that movie i watched right and at that time i was um before you know before the internet was so easy accessible mm-hmm uh, my mom and I would go to the library and I would always like rent out books on aliens, like extraterrestrial UFO sightings and stuff because like, that stuff like intrigued me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would read a lot of that stuff and then I visually saw it and it scared the ever living piss out of me <laughs> so much. Like there's that part where he's there's a part where the dude's like taken by his alien like like he's in like this corridor. He like wakes up and he's like floating. They pull him and they in the room and he's like oh he's like screaming and stuff like that they rip off his clothes and they put this like sheet on him and it like pins him down because it's like rubber he's like screaming it's fucking horrifying especially for a kid who's like eight years old mm-hmm. holy shit was fucking terrifying um and i saw it and i remember like that night i went to bed i had a dream that i got adapted by alien but it was so fucking i still remember it v- very vividly mm-hmm. Um, in the dream, because I, I have to tell, in the dream, I'm like running, mm. and I'm running like like it's like it's been raining, mm-hmm. so there's water all over the place. So I'm running, and I'm hitting like the water, like, whatever, and then I realize like my feet aren't splashing anymore, and I'm no longer hitting the water, uh-huh. and I'm getting like pulled away. I'm like, what the fuck? And then I look up and I see a UFO. I see the UFO from Fire in the Sky. Oh shit! Taking me, and I'm like, ah! like screaming and everything. <laughs> right? Woke up, did not sleep for a week. Jesus. <laughs> I had a dream about aliens, too, when oh, I was, really? like, eight or nine. Really? Yeah. Maybe we had the same dream. No. <laughs> I know. I've told you about my dream before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> With the, the praying mantises. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> but, like, this movie affected me so much that I could not watch The X-Files. You couldn't watch it? I couldn't watch The X-Files because, like, and I missed out because I never got into The X-Files because of this fucking movie. <laughs> Just like, just like the opening credits scared the living shit out of me, and I never got into X Files growing the, it's up. It's the sound. Yeah, yeah. It's the opening, cre- the sound of the theme. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That was terrifying. Yeah. So what's the what's what's the what's the piece of media that scared the shit out of you? You're, you're gonna laugh at this, right? Oh, okay. Wait, I I want you to explain this. I grew up so afraid of fucking everything. I think that's where the girls get it from, but they have it in an extreme sense. Mm-hmm. My dad and my stepmom, when I was living with them, mm. all about PBS programs. Okay, my dad is a fucking nerd. Mm. Like, the biggest nerd. And they used to watch Nova all the time. So, what's what's Nova for, for those who don't know? Nova is a PBS program that that talks about either things from history or science mm. or, you know, like, I think recently they did, like, a, a series on, like, the periodic table and, like, chemicals mm. and stuff okay that fucking my youngest one is like totally into that shit mm-hmm. um 
But anytime anything came on that mm. was about volcanoes, earthquakes, tsunamis, things like that, mm. couldn't sleep. My daughter has that same fear. She has like these nightmares of like tsunamis and shit like and, that. And like black holes were the worst. Mm, okay. Like, because my brother, my older brother came home from school one day, yeah. knowing that he could tell me about what he learned at school that would terrify the shit oh, out of me. Oh, what an asshole. Right? I was like five years old. And he's like, yeah, so you know what black holes are? <laughs> and I'm like, no. And he's like, yeah, we're all going to die by that one day. He's all like, no light or sound can escape it. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck. Now I'm scared of black holes. I'm still scared of black holes. I'm scared of the fact that antimatter mm-hmm. exists mm-hmm. in like very very tiny quantities that it can't do damage but scientists keep fucking around they're gonna find out type of shit is antimatter like dark matter because dark matter is like it's something that's always around us but we never see it isn't that dark matter yeah but it happens when you split an atom a certain way oh, okay. and it could create a black hole Okay. Oh, like the what's it called? Like the halogen collider? That's like in Sweden. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like they create like mini black holes basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like it's one of those things that like mm-hmm. would terrify me because I would find out all this shit that's so fucking cool. But like my bedtime was always eight o'clock. <laughs> Nightmare right there. Yeah. And I'd come down like half an hour later like, guys, I can't sleep. And it's always like, go to bed. And I'm like. I'll just sit on the stairs for, like, 15 minutes, like, trying to make myself tired. Yeah. Like, fuck. <laughs> uh, so, that being said, you handled uh, 2001 Space Odyssey pretty well. Yeah. And ha- didn't you see, um, didn't you see Interstellar? Interstellar is all about black holes. The Christopher mm-hmm. Nolan film with Matthew McConaughey. No, I didn't watch that one. You should watch. I, I that one I should show you. It's not. It's there's a lot of problems with it, but the visual, the visual effects is really great. I think like that is the most, from what I read, that's supposed to be the most accurate portrayal of like how black hole functions. Yeah. Yeah. Visually, it's visually stunning. Like story wise, crap. Yeah, like the fear is still there, mm-hmm. but it's not debilitating like how it was when yeah. I was a kid and couldn't process. Yeah, yeah. It's but not, like I'm still really fucking interested in it though too. Because uh, like, I'm a nerd. <laughs> like uh the whole the whole Skynet scenario is more more realistic than the black hole taking over us, right? Probably, but I'm also a little <laughs> bit scared of that too. So <laughs> um okay so the the last one on our list is Well I have honorable mentions after you're done with yours by the way. Oh okay okay. Um is I want to mention the fly. Uh nineteen eighty six is 1986 Cronenberg's uh, David Cronenberg's The Fly. Um, once again, uh, a movie I should not have been watching as a kid. Mm. I was, and I remember watching that movie with my mom. Okay, and I mean, like, just like just like the fly creature and like the goriness and like the body horror is like scary enough alone for like a kid with a fragile mind and stuff like that at that age. Mm-hmm. But one particular part that like traumatized the living fuck out of me. Is the scene where Gina Davis is like giving birth to Jeff Goldblum's kid and <laughs> she like pushes out a baby and everything. They push it, the baby comes out, and the doctors are like, <gasps> you know, whatever. And it cut to, and it's like a larva just like wiggling and shit like that. Uh-huh. And I remember that was so traumatizing that I blacked it out. Really? I was just like, Whoo! and then my brain went, nope. Like, like taking it out, just throwing it in the trash. And I remember for the longest time, whenever that movie came on TV, um, I would turn my eyes or turn the channel when that scene came out. I was like, not watching that. 
just not doing it at all. <laughs> and then like I rewatched it and I was like, all right, let me actually sit down and watch it and like see what it's like if it's really that bad. And then after like when I finally saw it, years and years and years later, I was just like, oh, that's it. I was scared of that. <laughs> Fuck. All right. <laughs> So yeah, that's it. and and the funny thing is like I love the fly. I yeah. I love the fly it's so fucking great. But I remember that's it. and I, that's that's the thing. A lot of some of these movies that I watch as a kid that traumatized me, I like love to watch over and over again. Like Terminator Two, The Fly, Predator, the Arnold Schwarzenegger film, mm-hmm. traumatized the fuck out of me. Absolutely love that movie. I can watch that movie all the live long day. It's mm-hmm. so fucking great. So what what are your honorable mentions? They're not really movies, but I remember telling okay. you that I don't know what movie it was, but mm. I saw that my dad and my stepmom had a movie up like up their VCR player upstairs one day. Mm-hmm. And I was like upstairs. I think we might have been homesick or something. I was home alone. Mm. And I put it in and it was like a story about slaves, but they were really graphic with like the whipping and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that traumatized me because it was like, oh shit, like people are so fucking mean. Like I feel like that might have been Roots. Maybe. Because I, I remember watching that as a kid, and that shit was graphic as fuck. But it, it, I think it was a newer movie Oh, okay. at that time. Okay. Like, it would have been in the late 90s. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, damn. Um, yeah, think about that. So there's that. And then um, anything having to do with demonic possessions. So you've never seen The Exorcist? I've seen that one. Um, oh. Yeah, I've seen that one, but that one wasn't like mm. I remember the one with um what's her name was married to Bruce Willis, I forget. Demi Moore? She was in a movie, I think, where it was like she had to unlock or like she was gonna have like a demonic baby or some shit. I swear it was her. But okay. It was like a movie where they were the, like the seven seals were gonna be broken and like all Oh of- yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that movie. Um Go on, go on, go on. I remember that movie. Okay, go on, go on, go on. Like, so for me, that like that type of thing would like totally get my fear of like you never know what's not what you can't see. Okay, you know what I mean. Yeah, like yeah. even after I had Cameron, me and Cisco watched a, a movie, uh. and I don't I don't remember what it was, but I couldn't sleep afterwards. I made him wake up to take me to the bathroom in the middle of the night. Damn, I that's that scary, scared. huh? Yeah, because I'm always like. I don't. I felt like my hallway was something was wrong with my hallway, like something was out there. I know what you're talking about because I remember seeing trailers of that movie. Yeah, it's called The Seventh Sign. Yeah, but you never watched that one. I never saw it because to me it looked dumb. <laughs> but as a kid, uh-huh. you probably wouldn't think it looked dumb. Uh, Abby Quinn is eagerly awaiting childbirth, but is haunted by dreams where she suffers mis- miscarriages. When she decides to rent a room to a mysterious stranger, she realizes a chain of events that will unleash the end of humanity. <laughs> That'd be dramatic like that. Yeah. Um, that would have been cool if you would have had it queued up and you knew you were going to say that and you can oh, use that echo. Some- I know. I kind of want to fuck with it now, but... <laughs> Try it. I don't know if it's going to work. Don't forgive work. us. Work? Oh, it's not going to work. All right, fuck it. Oh, you did something with the sound because I, I heard it move. <laughs> but yeah, so anything having to do with like demonic possessions and stuff, like mm. that always scares the shit out of me. Well, I think not so bad now, mm. but like it used to really scare me. And I think mm, kind of because I'm spiritual and stuff. Uh, like I don't actively like. Yeah, like you don't, you don't, um, you don't open that, <laughs> you don't open that door because you don't want something that, 
Yeah, sorry, you don't open that window for something to come in. Yeah, obviously. like like I think Cameron was telling me something about one of her friends at school mm-hmm. was all upset because she thought that there was like some kind of ghost in the house or something and Cameron was getting super duper fucking scared and like mm. she said she did use the Ouija board or some oh, shit. God. And I freaked out at Cameron. I'm like, you will never use a fucking Ouija board in my house. <laughs> like Oh, I can tell you, I can tell you some yeah, fucking stories. Because my mom had that drilled into me too. Like you'll mm. never use a Ouija board in my house. My so. mom's the same thing. I yeah. can oh girl, I can tell you some fucking stories. <laughs> Holy shit. Um Damn, then oh, I, then I can't wait to show you Rosemary Baby. Yeah, that's a that's a great that's a great uh like uh like what's it called um Antichrist type of like the coming like woman's pregnant with a kid and everything and mm. she's like supposedly like it's like the son of Satan and everything like mm. it's it's kind of fucked up too it's and it's it's in the it's made in the seventies is Roman Polanski film um so it's pretty it's a pretty fucked up movie. Mm-hmm. But I think you would dig that, especially like for the anticipated marriage. I mean, fuck Polanski, that pervert motherfucker. Yeah. But granted, that's a great movie anyway. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's you know horror movies, all that stuff, traumatic, scared us. Yay! Yay! to our geriatric cinematic of The Hunt for Red October. The most brilliant commander in the Soviet Navy. Remy has trained most of their officer corps. He's nearly a legend in the submarine community. The most deadly submarine ever built. This thing could park a couple of hundred warheads off Washington. Nobody'd know a thing about it until it was all over. Once more, we play our dangerous game with our old adversaries in the American Navy. His plan is a mystery. A man with your responsibilities reading about the end of the world. Apparently he has suffered a kind of nervous breakdown in which he announced his intention to fly his missiles on the United States. If he wants to help you hunt him down, kill him. Open the outer doors, firing point procedures. We sail into history. I'm gonna blow him right to Mars. Ramius might be trying to defect. You're just an analyst. What can you possibly know what goes on in this mind? I'll give you three days to prove your theory correct. I am not field personnel. I am only an analyst. You're perfect. I'm expendable. He's defecting. You're willing to bet your life on that? The synopsis is, in November 1984, you know, like when Mark was only nine months old, Mm -hmm. um, the Soviet Union's best submarine captain and their newest sub violates orders and heads for the U.S. Is he trying to defect or to start a war? Dun-dun-dun-dun. (laughs) <laughs> directed by John McTiernan, written by Larry Ferguson, Donald E. Stewart, and David Shaber, and Tom Clancy is a novelist. Mm-hmm. Uh, it stars Sean Connery, Alec Baldwin, Scott Glenn, Sam Neill, James Earl Jones, Tim Curry, Courtney B. Vance, still in Skarsgård. So The Hunt for the October... Um, Watched it in bits and pieces when I was a kid because my mom would watch uh, these these like Tom Clancy type movies. Mm-hmm. This one, Clear and Present Danger, Clear and Present Danger, Patriot Games, stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it was nice to like revisit it and to see it like as an adult now, mm-hmm. um, because 
I mean, I was enjoying it. I, I was actually really enjoying it. But the most important question of this whole podcast is, what did Kelsey think about it? I loved it. Did you? I did. And you know uh, what? I don't remember anything I've seen Sean Connery in, mm. but to see him in something and being a good actor and not just the butt of someone's jokes because of his accent was yeah. actually really refreshing. I think what's so memorable, what, what I mean, I'm just kind of just guessing, but the thing that was so memorable for you, for Sean Connery for this, is that toupee. Because that toupee, <laughs> $20,000. I can't. <laughs> I couldn't tell he was wearing a toupee. Like, $20,000 will get you that. <laughs> All I I looked at him and I was like, he looks like he could be Russian. And then also, <laughs> like I remember seeing his younger pictures. I'm mm-hmm. like, he was like a looker when he was young. Oh yeah, I'm not gonna deny that he was very handsome back then when he was like his early early years. Mm-hmm. Even though he was wearing a wig and toupee and all those pictures. <laughs> um, no, yeah, he yeah he and he wore that level of confidence like on his shoulder, mm-hmm. um, like he was a perfect James Bond, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, because I haven't you haven't seen any of his James Bonds, right? Okay. Nope. Um, so you'll say perfect, but like when you watch it, you'll be like, these movies are boring, and they kind of are boring, but mm-hmm. it's of that it's of that time. Yeah. Um, yeah, but like your whole thing about saying that you know he like like looks like a Russian, he does look like a Russian. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I like the fact that that. What's his name? John McTiernan, right? Um, yeah, John McTiernan. That he didn't bother being like, all right, you guys are Russian, but like you guys don't really have to do Russian accents. I said for yeah. Sam, I said for Sam Neil. Sam Neil tried to do it. He tried. Yeah, and then like so you got like an English guy. Yeah, and, like yeah, it was all over the map. You get a Scotsman. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like this one thing that this movie did that I I dug is, um, like the Russian characters they don't start. Like it doesn't do the thing where like they're they're Russian but they start with like full on like English accents mm-hmm. or English speaking. Um, they do that thing where like they're speaking in Russian, and I remember you kind of comment you're like what the fuck but like it made sense like after it happened but like um, McTiernan like takes the camera and like zooms in on a person's lips as they're speaking Russian and when he pans out. He like oh. speaks in American accent, or he speaks in perfect, perfectly good English. I didn't even get that until you told me right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought it was like this weird camera thing, and and it didn't make sense to me. Like, for that didn't work for me. Like oh, okay. that wasn't like it, it, a huge clue for me. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, but like when I when I saw that, I was like, because it reminded me of they kind of did that in Valkyrie as well, where Tom Cruise is speaking in German, and then as he's like going further into German, he's speaking more English. Mm. But they kind of do the same thing, but without, like, the audio, like, uh, the voiceover. They did it, like, ba-boom and boom. And, it, like, it doesn't, like, hit you over the head, like, oh, now they're speaking English. This is how you can know they're speaking English. They're just like, hey. Because McTiernan plays it like, hey, the audience is smart enough to understand that they're not going to be speaking Russian the entire time. Obviously, they're not Russian. So let's just have them to speak English. They should have just done it like in a warrior. Uh, oh, like, oh. They kind of did that near the end where, like, Alec Balt, where Jack Ryan meets up with the Russian characters and he was, like, their translator. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, I got kind of confused because, like, Scott Glenn was understanding Sean Connery's character. Yeah. And you were just like, oh, no, he speaks English. I was like, wait, like, when did that happen? <laughs> I was like, I got lost for a second there. Um, so what did you think of the, the performance in this movie? I thought it was all great. Yeah, yeah. Like, all of it was great. Mm-hmm didn't have any problems at all with any of the acting this is like the first time you've i mean other than beetlejuice <laughs> this is like the first time you've actually seen like alec baldwin like young alec baldwin in a serious role right yeah yep yeah 
Uh, what did you think of him? He was good for the most part. There mm-hmm. were a couple of times where I looked at him and I totally saw his character from Beetlejuice. Because <laughs> <laughs> he makes, he was like always like kind of like lost in yeah. Beetlejuice. Yeah. And like sometimes he was lost in this and every time he made a face where he wasn't confident but he was kind of lost, mm. then I was like, oh shit, we're Beetlejuice. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I, I did like his performance as Jack Ryan. He, he, I've seen Jack Ryan in a number of things. Like, I've seen a little bit of, like, Clear and Present Danger. I've seen, like, Some of All Fears. And I've watched the Jack Ryan show. But um, this one, I like how Baldwin played him because he actually does play him like a fucking analyst. You know? Yeah, because he's, like, really, really intelligent. Mm-hmm. Then he figures things out and he can handle himself in situations where other mm-hmm. men who are trained to do things mm-hmm. fuck it up because they're they're not smart enough to do things. They're only yeah. able to handle just like stressful situations in general. Yeah. And he even like plays them like with a little bit of like comedy. Mm-hmm. Like that line he keeps saying. Um, Should have just sent a memo. Yeah. Next time send a memo, Jack. You know, and <laughs> yeah. I was just like, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> um, what about Connery's performance? I feel like he probably always plays the same way. Yeah, he where kinda, he's he, just kind of like a really kind of suave, like authoritative guy, mm-hmm. and you know everybody falls in line. And that's it. Like, but it's always good. Yeah, it's just like, has he ever won an Oscar? Connor? Yeah, I think he has won an Oscar. I'd be surprised if it wasn't, like, I'd be surprised if he won an Oscar mm. for something super duper outstanding. Oh, yeah. He totally deserves that Oscar. He won a, he won a Best Supporting Oscar for The Untouchables. You got to watch that one. That's a, that's a, oh, Kevin Costner. Oh, that's a great film. Yeah. Yeah, you got to watch that one. Okay. Well, I'm just saying he, he doesn't have a very wide range yeah from what i can see yeah yeah the untouchables that's this case where like that's just sean connery being a sean connery yeah that's what i'm saying like oh you know what i okay i mean he's he's done plenty of other films like i'm but like off the top of my head what i think like is a range i think of him as as, uh dr jones from um indian jones and last crusade Mm because he actually plays like a more of a vulnerable character in that movie hmm yes but probably not not that well. I don't know. Like, no, he does it well. Does oh. he? Oh, yeah. It's, then it's, why did he... Then maybe it's just the fact that he gets typecast so much. Because he has, he does have a type of being like this badass character. But he's done like some serious roles. I think there's like Searching for Bobby Fischer. I think that's another one where he's like um, a serious character, but like dramatically serious. Are you a Sean Connery fan? Yes. Then you need to show me some of his shit. My, why? Why is it my job to shit? No, I'm joking. <laughs> You're the one who asked for it, okay? Yeah, I know, right? Um, okay, is there anybody else that like stuck out for you that performance-wise, other than <laughs> Tim Curry was like a sore thumb? I love Tim Curry. <laughs> Tim Curry was like, yes, yes. I feel like Tim Curry was like, can I, can I do a Russian accent? Come on, let me do a Russian accent. And the, and the director's like, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Just be in the movie. Um, I have, I don't think I've seen anything with Tim Curry in it. And so, like, this is, like, my first experience oh. with him, I <laughs> There's, I've always seen, like, this meme about, like, you can always tell a person by 
their introduction to a Tim Curry role. <laughs> and it's funny that this is the one he plays a doctor in a Russian sub. <laughs> Normally people are like, oh yeah, uh, Pennywise from It or Frankfurter from Rucker Picture Show or the devil from Legend and shit like that. Yours is just like, the hunt for the Red October. <laughs> yeah, where he always looks kind of like, oh shit, I'm gonna die. <laughs> Wait, you've seen, you've seen Home Alone too, right? Mm. Where he's in New York? Yeah. Okay, that was your first Tim Curry introduction. Because he's in that movie as like the bellhop or the hotel manager. Yeah, I don't shit. remember. All right, that don't count. Home for October. That's it. <laughs> um, so what did you, you think of the story? I thought the story was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like that they really dove into like the technicality of being on a sub. Mm-hmm. How subs work. How hard it is to get a person on the fucking sub yes, after they're already yeah. out, and like the important and like the importance of like why this particular sub is dangerous. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And like, it's funny because they're like, "Yeah, you can't stop a boat on a dime." And it's yeah. funny too because you get the sense like, for for me, I wouldn't like necessarily think of a sub as being a boat. Mm-hmm. I think of a sub as being a sub, right? Like, mm. it's not the same thing as a boat. But it has a starboard and a port side. Mm. And it has, like, they they basically call it, this is my boat. Like, this is my ship. Yeah. Even though it's a sub. Like, so, like, the whole mindset is probably more in line with, like, how it actually is for the people who are on the sub. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, and I, I really like that. Um, and... I have a theory. I have a theory. There's this like running gag of like, you know, you're a father when you're reading a lot of like espionage, like novels Mm -hmm. that are based on a submarine. And I think it goes back to the Red October that this movie came out and people were like, that look, because even I'm like watching this movie. I'm like, this is a great fucking movie. And it's on a fucking submarine. I want to watch other submarine movies now. And I think it comes back to this. It's like these, the like these men who have become adults and everything. They're mm-hmm. just like, oh yeah, hunting for October. Let me see. Let me see if this book is anything like that book or mm-hmm. that movie or anything like that. Yeah, I remember there was um, a warship in Fall River. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was Connecticut or Massachusetts because if I remember, that city is like mm. kind of. It kind of exists in both states. Yeah. Um, and they had a sub that you could just go down and board. Really? I think I've been in a, I, I know I've been in a sub at the, uh, what's that base in San Diego? Camp Pendleton, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in ROTC, we took a trip out there. Mm-hmm. And they, like, let us get on a boat and they let us, they let us get on one of their, their warships well, or Camp whatever. Well, Camp Pendleton's Oceanside. Yeah. San Diego's, like... Miramar or something like that. Well, isn't that? Oh, oh yeah. Well, yeah. The, yeah. There's like what, like, like a good like what hour difference or something like that. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, we went over there and I remember we got I got on one of their ships or part part of like the tour was getting on one of the warships and I think another one was like getting on the submarine. Mm-hmm. If if I remember correctly, if not, I'm probably just thinking about that submarine ride from Walt Disney. <laughs> <laughs> but this sub was old mm-hmm. and it was dark and it was humid and tight was it like really like underneath the water and shit 
Um, I think it was it wasn't under under the water. Like you could go inside of it and you could see through the windows, like oh okay, the water. But like, like you're boarding it from the top, so yeah, like yeah. you're not under the water. Oh, I gotcha, I gotcha. Um, so there was so of course so like like this movie is like the introduction of Jack Ryan. This is first Jack Ryan film. The the it's the first film adaptation of Jack Ryan or the introduction. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then a lot of people seem to, a lot of people, they don't really forget about this movie, but whenever they think of Jack Ryan, they immediately go to like Harrison Ford. Cause he did clear and present danger and uh, Patriot games. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's actually a story behind that. Um, so IMDb says, uh, Alec Baldwin accepted the role of Jack Ryan because Harrison Ford turned it down. Uh, the cast member, uh, Sam Neill, who also benefited from Ford's refusal three years later by, by being cast in the lead of Jurassic Park. So this role got him dressed, Sam Neill Jurassic Park. Interestingly enough, Baldwin asked for a big pay increase for Patriot Games, which would come out uh, two years later. Yeah, two years later. Um to which the producers allegedly replied, for that price, we could get Harrison Ford. Baldwin held his ground and the studio agreed to fee- agreed to the fee, but Ford insisted but f- but for Ford insisted of Baldwin. So here's actually a story about this. There's actually a reason Alec Baldwin does not like Harrison Ford at all. Uh, this is from Cinema Blend. Uh, no, actually, they, this is actually from Business Insider. Uh, Baldwin claims that Ford was cast as Jack Ryan behind his back. According to Baldwin, this is what Ford said when director John McTiernan asked him if he knew Paramount was negotiating with Baldwin to come back. Ford Ford's reply, according to John, was, fuck him. <laughs> uh, That's on brand. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, and it's, the article continues saying, while Alec Baldwin's absence for Patriot Game was originally attributed to him having to perform the Broadway production of Streetcar Named Desire, in 2011, Baldwin elaborated that the studio had cut his throat when executive entered into negotiations no no negotiations sorry with another actor to take over his jack ryan role to help uh alleviate a debt paramount owed to this individual over a different scrap project (laughs) so yeah it says like baldwin doesn't say like while Baldwin didn't name who this other actor was at the time, given that Harrison Ford succeeded him and the claim he's making about Ford in his memoir is easy enough to put two and two together. Baldwin also wrote in his book uh, that he later met Ford at a benefit and described him thusly. Ford in person is a little man, short, scrawny, and wary, whose soft voice sounds as if it's coming from behind a door. (laughs) Just talking (laughs) shit. Shit. So... I can picture that. I can picture Harrison Ford doing that. Yeah, totally. Well, yeah. I don't see him as like a very nice guy. He has. It is well known that Harrison Ford hates Han Solo. He does not give two shits about that character. Mm-hmm. When he goes to like, uh, there's this famous video of Ford being taken to Comic Con in handcuffs. To do a panel for Star Wars. But it was like a joke. But like he has famously like when people ask him about Star Wars, he would be like, like someone would say, like, uh Han, oh no, Han. Um uh Mr. Ford, so uh did uh Han shoot first or was it Guido? And he'd be like, Why the fuck do I care? He like he'll famously say shit like that. Yeah. Which is whatever. 
I mean, you kind of know Harrison Ford being that and everything, but he loves that Indiana Jones role. Like, absolutely yeah, love it. that's why he won't give it the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, like, this whole, like... He'd probably die and want to be buried, like, in Indiana in the Jones yeah, get-up with a fucking whip and everything. I know, at the Indiana Jones ride in Disneyland, like, buried in the walls or some <laughs> yeah. shit like that. <laughs> Um, no, or like in the studio lot or some mm-hmm, shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like other than that, like this, like like Kelsey said, and I fully agree. Like this is a great film. Like it's this. I remember while we were watching this, I was like, this movie's way better than Without Remorse. Yeah. Like, and it it has like the Jack Ryan character and Sean Connery's character. They don't meet until like almost two hours into the movie. Mm-hmm. They don't finally like confront. It confront each other and when they do it's like this cool kind of like going back and forth and like level of trust that comes around mm-hmm. um and yeah like it's because the same was like the technicality of like the sub how to get to the submarine how to figure out if he's like defe- how sean connor's character is like defected or not mm-hmm. and like the back and forth of like can we trust this guy can we not trust this guy can we think like him also like there's that scene where uh, Alec Baldwin is trying Alec Baldwin's character is trying to convince Scott Glenn's character not to blow up the submarine and he says that line he's like oh did he did a crazy Ivan and it's like da 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 and it's like oh shit <laughs> and like this from that alone was like oh that's intense yeah. you know that one little line um, but yeah I enjoyed the fuck out of this movie remember when I thought Scott Glenn was the guy from Jaws <laughs> he thought it was Roy Scheider I was like girl you need to stop <laughs> Stop. He doesn't even look like him a little bit. No, he does, but he does a little bit around the mouth. I think is mostly. The, I, th- I think because and the eyes. I think and I think it's because it was the glasses. Oh they, yeah, they kind of yeah. had the same glasses style. <laughs> I so I can see that, but no, it's two different people. <laughs> um, then you told me he was fucking stick from Daredevil, and I was like, what? Yeah, let me see, Scott. I'm trying to remember if it's the the Daredevil that's in uh, what's it called. That's the Netflix Daredevil or the Alec Baldwin? Not Alec Baldwin. What's the fucking call? Ben Affleck. The Ben Affleck one. Um, or what, he showed up in. Um, yeah, he is in the Dare. He's in the the Netflix Daredevil movie, oh, okay. uh, show. Gotcha. Yeah, because that character also showed up in Electra. Yeah, but bit. I don't think that was the same character. No. Oh, I'm sorry, the same actor. No. Yeah. So, Kelsey, do do you think this movie still holds up? Yes. I would I fully agree with that. I think movies today mm-hmm. should look at The Hunt for Red October mm-hmm. and be like, the reason why most movies are failing is because they are not putting in enough effort to do research. Yeah. To make movies believable. They're just like, yeah, we can make a submarine movie, blah, 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 blah. Mm. This one actually took time. And it shows. Well, this is this is this is a movie that unfortunately it's kind of like this is slowly disappearing from the box office where it's like an adult movie but not like really required not like having sex or anything like that nothing like too stupid action like a smart kind of adult film and nothing that's like indie or anything like that like films like these don't really come out that often yeah it is i think just because hollywood's like hey i want to make a quick buck i don't really give a shit about and it sucks too because like if they would have put that much effort into um, without remorse, mm-hmm. like if they would have put that much 
research into it and like what works and what doesn't, it would have been a way better film. Yeah, absolutely. And I think mostly because Tom Clancy made most of the effort in writing the novel. Yeah. And they didn't use his original idea for without remorse yeah 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 so obviously it just wasn't the same level yeah and also like you know the crowd is like change like i like i like i would totally see this movie if it was done like this but that's because like i grew up in that era um there are a lot of people who don't really watch movies like that or um or they can't like emulate it like it's it's like they're always missing something that's like that has that that kind of like flair to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's about it. Anything else? No. All right. All right. Oh, so, and he remembered the teddy bear. That same teddy bear mm. from Die Hard. Is it really? Yeah, it's all. It's all <laughs> in trivia. That's the same teddy bear. And also, you know, it has a credit at IMDb. <laughs> I know. Yeah. If if you folks go to if you folks watch uh, Hunt for Red October on Amazon. Um, and you pull up the x-ray it literally the teddy bear i forget what the name of the bear is but it has a fucking like imdb listing right there next i was like what the fuck i know it's like blah 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 the teddy bear plays himself no that's the thing it even say the the teddy bear it said like something like it said like a pet name kind oh, of oh. and i was just like are they referring to like a dog does a dog show up and it was like no it's a teddy bear <laughs> um so yeah that's gonna be is there anything else? No, that's it. All right. <laughs> so, yeah, that's going to be it for our show for this week. We want to thank everybody for joining us. Um, we especially like to thank the folks over at yourentertainmentcorner.com who's hosting this podcast on their website. Uh, you know, for your film news, TV reviews, and TV news, you go to your entertainment. Is yourentertainment.com or your entertainment corner? Yourentertainmentcorner.com, where our lovely co host Kelsey has recently published her review for what's called under gods mm-hmm. um so you folks to go check it out check out check out that review before you watch that movie yeah so you can know if you can watch it yeah. without remorse oh boy jesus christ anyway <laughs> so <laughs> so you can find this podcast and all and all of our past podcasts on all podcast catchers uh-huh. apple spotify pandora amazon what's the other one verbal verbal did you see we got emailed by them did we and it's not like a huge fucking email we got email from verbal yeah they're like hey by the way your podcast is on our on our website and stuff let us know if that's not okay we'll take it down if you don't want it there but are you serious holy shit after we've been on their website for like how long i know (laughs) oh my god i want to like look for this email yeah like i thought that was interesting too Oh, there it is. Holy shit. Uh, we found your podcast open in the directory and built your verbal station. Oh, I know it. Uh, <laughs> thanks, verbal. <laughs> um, After I was like, oh, they probably don't exist anymore. I haven't heard anything about them. And, and, their, and their ears were burning. I know. They're like, oh, shit. <laughs> I know. We gotta, our, our one podcast thinks we don't exist anymore. Right, we're going to put this email on them. <laughs> um, so please join us for next week's show where our recent review will be Monster. Um it's a 2021 film that's premiered on Netflix on May 7th. Uh, if I remember correctly, it's I know it's produced by Jeffrey Wright and Nas. I can't remember who else is producing it, but it looks it looks pretty interesting. Um, so yeah, that one's gonna be on Netflix. Um, with that, we're gonna do our geriatric cinematic, which is gonna be the Shawshank Redemption. Holy shit! 
I was just I was thinking about this movie today, and I remember all the times where like I make a Shawshank Redemption reference, and I'm just like, yeah, like Shawshank. And you're just like, I never watched that. <laughs> that one, I'm just like, how have you not watched that one? <laughs> yeah, just like you like were in line. We were in line at Stater Brothers one time, and you're like talking about Ferris Bueller, and I'm like, I didn't watch that one. You're like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's like 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 when you're growing up. There's like a number of movies that you would constantly see on TV. It would just be on TNT, TBS, Channel 11, Channel 5. It was always like Shawshank Redemption, Ferris Bueller Days Off, Forrest Gump, you know, Lethal Weapon, like shit like that. Demolition, man. And, and I'm just like, how does Kelsey not see the Shawshank no, Redemption? instead, I remember things, you know, like the TNT Merlin show or movie with Dennis Quaid. I thought that had Sam Neill in it. Was it Sam Nitt? Oh, it was Sam Nitt. It was Sam Nitt. That was a good one, though. I remember that. I, remember <laughs> I liked that, that one, and I was so happy. You know who showed it to me? Hmm. My fucking eighth, seventh or eighth grade English teacher. <laughs> nice, nice. Showed it to us as a class. Nice, nice. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to be... I can't wait to show Kelsey. Oh, this movie's so fucking good. It, so beautiful. I love this movie. Um, so the topic of that episode uh, will be one defining moment. Uh, oh, sorry. Shawshank Redemption is currently available to rent on Amazon, YouTube, and Apple TV. And I'm sure, I mean, anybody who's listening has probably watched Shawshank Redemption like 15,000 times. So I just like, I don't need to watch it because I remember it. Like, I probably don't need to watch it, but I'm going to watch it. It's so great. <laughs> Plus, you probably want to get my reaction to it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You got to put that griff in your voice like, oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, All right, Batman. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we're gonna bid you guys adieu. Um, wear your mask, wash your hands, you get the vaccine, go ahead and take it. The second dose is not as bad as everyone makes it seem like. I didn't have any issues with the second vaccine. I know, you took it like a champ. Me, I'm just like, oh, I feel exhausted. I was exhausted after the first one. Mm-hmm. The second one, I was like, I drank two big bottles of Gatorade, mm-hmm. and then an hour before my appointment, I took two ibuprofen, then after my appointment, Drank a third big bottle of Gatorade <laughs> and was peeing clear. And then, you know, the you, next day, mm-hmm. perfectly fine. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. Hey, Maybe I did have to take some ibuprofen because my arm hurt a little bit more. Yeah, my arms. My, the spot where they gave me the shot is pretty sore right now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, like I said, join us for next week's show. It's going to be a good one. Um, like I said, we'll bid you guys to do. But I'm going to leave you guys with a little story. Um. You know, earlier, before we started recording, I was feeling kind of poo-poo, and I even looked at Kelsey, I was like, hey, like, do you want to record? And she's like, yeah, we can record. I got a sense that she didn't want to record, but I asked her, I had to ask her, she was like, yeah, we can record. Well, because, you know, I wasn't feeling, you know. Yeah, too great. Yeah, like, yeah. like I, I get sad sometimes for no reason. Yeah. So, he's like, you still good? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so, we got everything set up, we got all the equipment set up and all that shit like that. Had the laptop open, mixer going. And I was like, and I looked at Kelsey and I was like, you know, honestly, if you didn't, if you didn't want to record, I would have been totally fine with that. I was not in the mood. <laughs> and what did, what did you say? About what? Like when I said that, you said like, oh, you should have said something. Oh yeah. Cause I was like, you know, we were just sitting on the couch before we got up to fuck, like finish the mm. setting up and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I was like tired and I was like, maybe we shouldn't record. Yeah. And at that moment, I mean, we had just watched the Hunt for the Red October 
a couple nights ago. Because I looked at her and I said, the hard part about playing chicken is knowing when to play chicken.